Welcome to Bed Crime Stories Podcast. I'm your host, T. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, bed crimers. As always, I wish you the best. To anyone new here, a warm welcome. Thank you for checking out my channel. Let me just ask that after listening to or watching this video, if you learned something or enjoyed it, please do me a favor and smash that like button. Now, let's dig in. This past Sunday was Father's Day. For the lucky ones among us, when we conjure images of a father, what tends to come to mind is someone who is a provider a mentor, and a protector. Little kids should be able to trust their dad to love, nurture, teach, and keep them safe. When a father or a mother turns into a predator against his or her own children, it has to turn the universe upside down for those kids. It doesn't compute at first, and one can only imagine the confusion, the tears, and the terror. Charged with aggravated murder, he's being held without bond at the Claremont County Jail and will be arraigned in just a couple hours here in Claremont County at the Municipal Court. The Sheriff's Office says more charges could be added. Now, the boys uh, were found shot at a home near the corner of Laurel Lindale Road and Claremontville Laurel Road. We learned that an unknown woman called 911 screaming that her babies have been shot. And just three minutes later, a separate caller who had driven by called 911 and said that they had seen an underage girl running down the road saying, quote, her father was killing everyone. The news report you just heard describes what went down on Thursday, June 15, 2023, so just mere days ago when 32-year-old dad, Chad Christopher Dorman of Ohio, forever broke the trust between himself and his three little boys. Chad Dorman is married to a 34-year-old woman named Laura. Chad and Laura were the parents to the three little boys ages three, four, and seven, respectively. The boys' names are believed to be Hunter, Clayton, and Chase. Chad is also stepfather to Laura's 16-year-old daughter, Alexis, who appears to have been a very loving big sister to the boys. Hunter, Clayton, and Chase were said to be inseparable and appeared to be mini-men who were into the same hobbies as their dad, Chad. Fishing, sports, big trucks, and playing in the dirt. Laura was a stay-at-home mom, and Chad was the primary breadwinner. The family lived in a modest three-bedroom, two-bathroom, ranch-style home on Laura Lindale Road in the rural village of New Richmond, Ohio, which lies along the Ohio River. In the 2020 census, the village of New Richmond in Claremont County had a population of 2,727 people. It's a typically quiet, peaceful place with expansive green yards, the sound of cicadas, and kids playing in the park in the summertime. All of that changed last Thursday when just before 4.15 p.m., a frantic 911 call was made from the Durman house by mom, Laura. During the call, Laura screamed to the operator that her babies had been shot. At the same time that call was being logged, Laura's daughter, Alexis, was sprinting down the road with the family dog toward a nearby fire station. And then, according to the Claremont County Sheriff's Office, approximately three minutes after 
after the first 911 call. Female driver named Misty Hockey, who lives in the area, also dialed 911 to report that an underage girl was running down the road yelling that her father was killing everyone. The female motorist was describing Alexis. Alexis, determined to get help to her family, refused to get in the woman's car and kept running toward the firehouse. When she arrived, some of the fire crew sheltered her inside while others left for the Durman home. Here's an interview with that female motorist, Misty Hockey. Same time, Misty Hockey was driving to Kroger and saw a teen girl running for help. She was running with a little black lab and she was screaming, call 911, call 911. She says, my uh, stepfather is shooting everyone in my household. Hockey called 911 as police rushed to the scene on Laurel Lindell Road. I wanted to get her in the car, but she just refused to leave her family. And, and that just says testament of how much she loved them. When deputies arrived at the home, they were unprepared for the scene awaiting them. The black square in the video is there to conceal the lifeless bodies of the three boys. You got on the We've asked not the last place we've been told. You turn your hands out! Stand up and Stand walk towards us! Stand up now! Walk towards us! Stand up with your hands up! Stand up now! I know, but we can't. If you're going first aid and he's not complying, you know, he's a shooter, shoot him. We gotta find cover first. We ain't no good if we ain't safe or so. Hey, hey, no. We need to come from this side where we can see him. Don't take cover behind her. We see him. We're going to approach from this side. We got cover. Right here. Take cover. We got to go. 29 and 63 attack us. Right now. Respond over here. You're clear. They're being advised. 
Sixty-three. Do you want them to respond to the Laurel Lindale address? Where exactly do you need them? They're right in the front yard. You took my life from me. My life. What are you doing, man? Hey, you copy all this? Can I roll over? I ain't gonna hurt you. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna hurt nobody. You got anything on you? No, I ain't got nothing, man. Phone. That's it. I'm mad. I ain't, I ain't nothing. Make sure that dog don't come out. I don't think he'll bite you. Just don't reach for him and try to grab him and pet him. All right. He won't bite you. What's going on, man? Nothing. Uh, can I stand up? It's kind of uncomfortable. I'm going to get I you here in a second. I ain't running away. You can do whatever you want. Inside the house? What? You're the only one else inside yeah, the house. Yep, yep. Sit down right uh, here. My my daughter, she ran over to the fire department. Sit down. Uh, it's my stepdaughter. Put him in the cage. Sitting calmly on the home's front steps with his rifle propped next to him was Chad Dorman. Despite deputies loudly ordering him multiple times to stand up, Dorman remained seated, almost as if he wasn't hearing the officer's loud commands. When the two deputies got close enough, they yanked him up off the steps, forced him to the ground, and handcuffed him. When the deputy later asked him what was going on, Dorman replied without a care in the world, nothing. Clearly, that was not an accurate description of what had just happened. Not far from where he sat handcuffed, his three sons lay in the grass, unresponsive. The deputies tried life-saving measures until paramedics arrived, but the boys died at the scene. Their mother, Laura, was also found outside the home when the deputies arrived. She had suffered a non-life-threatening gunshot wound to her hand and was transported to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center for treatment. Chad was arrested at the scene without incident and taken to the sheriff's office for questioning. The Claremont County coroner arrived at the home around 7.30 p.m., and the boys' bodies were taken to the Hamilton County Coroner's Office for autopsies. It's hard to know if Chad Dorman was under the influence of something when this tragedy unfolded. He doesn't look inebriated in the video, but he does appear to be somewhat dazed. Why did he plan to do this to his little sons? Was the plan just for the boys, or was Chad planning to take out the whole family? We hear about murder unalivings from time to time, but if Chad was planning to do himself in, he clearly must have changed his mind because he certainly had time to do that before the deputies arrived. Here's how things went down that day. Sometime between 4 p.m. and 4.15 p.m., Chad lined up his three young sons and prepared to do them in execution style in the front yard of the family's property. It's unclear if something precipitated this move on that day. One of the boys, aware of what his father was about to do, and armed with his 
own natural human instinct to survive, attempted to flee into a nearby woods. But Chad callously hunted the boy down, dragged him back to the yard, placed him back in line, and carried out the evil crime. According to a nearby neighbor who heard the incident, seven shots were fired. Right after that, Laura dialed 911 and Alexis took off running with the dog. Chad has since been charged with three counts of aggravated murder, and he's been taken to the Claremont County Jail, where he's being held on a whopping $20 million bond. The prosecutor isn't about to take any chances with this guy getting out, and according to court documents, Chad has since confessed to the crime and told the authorities that he planned it for several months. Premeditation. David Gast, the head of the Claremont County Prosecutor's Office Criminal Division, said, quote, this did not happen on a whim. The trauma that this man has inflicted on his family, the community, law enforcement, first responders, all of the rest of us who have any idea of what is going on here is unspeakable. But so far, a motive for the tragic killings has not been released. During his arraignment, Doorman wore a protective vest or turtle suit, just like the one the Idaho 4 suspect Brian Koberger wore at his first court hearing. We all know that when an adult harms a child, he or she is at risk a falling victim to jailhouse justice. At some point, as Doerman listened to the prosecutor in court, he began to cry. You have to wonder if he was sobbing because of the charges against him and the realization that his life will now no doubt be spent in prison, unless, of course, he gets the death penalty, which, by the way, is legal in Ohio. Or was he suddenly becoming aware of the horror he inflicted on his sons and on his wife and and daughter. But just as quickly as the tears arrived, they subsided. Chad's father, 59-year-old Keith, told the New York Post that his son, quote, just snapped. He went on to say this, there was something going on in his life that he couldn't handle no more. I can't talk to him. They aren't letting me talk to him, so I don't have any answers. He probably hid a lot of stuff from me, end quote. The portrait of Chad Doerman that's emerging from his family, his social media presence, and his neighbors is confusing. If you look at photos of Chad on his Facebook, you get the impression that he was a good father, someone who spent his weekends taking his kids on fun excursions. In fact, on June 11th, Chad updated his profile picture to include a photo of the three little boys hanging out on a giant tire. Two of the boys are even giving the thumbs up symbol. In another photo, Chad is seen showing one of his sons how to hold a fishing pole. Chad's father, Keith, also sings his son's praises, claiming he was a super dad. That's a little hard to swallow, knowing that Chad just confessed to taking the lives of those boys all under the age of eight. Is the father just trying to paint a rosy picture of his adult son, or was he really unaware of the violence that Chad was capable of? But one of Chad's neighbors had a very different take on him. Take a listen. We heard gunshots, and I didn't know what it was. So I went to the store and come back, and I, you know, found out really what happened. And unfortunately, I did see the kids laying in the yard. Yeah. Um, the guy was very unstable. 
just uh, he was an unstable unstable person. He was just very mean. He was very angry. Every day yelling at his wife, dogging her, downgrading her, downgrading the kids. Just very angry. And if they didn't do what he said, and I've seen it firsthand. But I never thought that he would do that. Interesting that this guy heard Chad yelling at his wife and kids and described him as unstable. I'm tending to believe this guy over what Chad's father said. Parents can sometimes be unwilling to admit the truth about their kids. A glance at Chad Doorman's past criminal history reveals mostly speeding tickets, but there is one DV incident listed on July 22, 2010. A GoFundMe with a goal of $20,000 was organized organized by Laura's sister, a woman named Rachel Brown, to help pay for her funeral costs. Brown wrote, quote, My sister lost her three amazing babies yesterday. Nothing will make this better. It will never be okay. But please, if you can find it in your heart to help relieve the financial burden of this tragedy, please donate. No one should have to go through this. End quote. And as of this recording, the GoFundMe is at $184,771. As much evil as we see in true crime, it's always comforting and beautiful to see all the good people out there who come forward to support the grieving and the devastated. According to neighbors, this area is very quiet and nice. Take a listen. It's it's unheard of, you know, crazy. Tell me what it's like around here. It's quiet, you know, people mind their business. Nothing like that ever happens out here. This is a quiet country and very nice area. But back in February of this year, a new Richmond middle school student died in a quadruple murder on a living. So this community is now being traumatized a second time. Did Chad get the idea from that incident? But did he change his mind after doing in his three boys? A woman named Mary Thomas, who says she went to Amelia High School with Chad, described the happening as a tragedy and said it's disgusting, appalling, and she also said she was angry. She stated, quote, I'm in disbelief that it was someone I went to high school with, someone I could have possibly sat next to. I would never imagine that I went to high school with middle school, elementary, nothing, doing something something like that. It kind of hits harder and closer to home when it's someone you knew, someone you went to school with. Mary described Chad like this in high school. Kind of quiet, didn't hang out with the same people, but every time I would see him, he was just quiet. Thomas went on to say, I think the mother in me is just disgusted and appalled, and it's heart-wrenching, and there's been so much crime really lately in Claremont County, and it's just to the point where it's so disturbing. You can't not say something about it. This is a story I suspect we will learn more about in the upcoming days. Stay tuned for more as I plan to keep you in the loop. Until the next time on Bed Crime Stories, if you found this interesting, please smash that like button, subscribe to my channel, leave me a comment, and I'll talk to you next time. State of Harvest is Chad Dorman, 2023 CRA 1975.
This matter is before the court today for purposes of bond hearing. Mr. Callum, you were here on behalf of Mr. Dorman, Mr. DeCalvi, Mr. Gatt. That's a bond of $75,000 reported conditions of vehicle. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. DeCalvi. Uh, at this point, I'm going to let uh, Mr. Gast uh, handle the bond for a uh, while. Good morning, Judge. Good morning. Judge, uh, we've got law enforcement with us here today. Our office has been involved, uh, lots of people in our office have been involved with law enforcement throughout yesterday uh, afternoon and evening, all the way through this morning. And the facts I have for you at this point are as follows. The trauma that this man has inflicted on his family, the community, law enforcement, First responders and all of the rest of us who have any idea what's going on here is unspeakable. There's been a full admission in this case, Judge. The case is still new. Uh, we're still discovering facts. Just incomprehensible cruelty. The father that stands before you lined up his three young boys and he executed them in his own home with a rifle. They were ages three, four, and seven, Judge. In an act of desperation to save her children, the mother. At some point, grabbed the gun that father was always was able to flee into a field near the home. And again, we know from his admission, father hunted that boy down, drug him back to the property, and executed him in front of witnesses. The mother was shot through the hand in her attempt to protect her children to just begin to imagine their fear. This was the man that every day they woke up looking to for protection, love, guidance in all things. The man they trust more than any other person on earth. The person they rely upon to keep them safe from harm. He was their world, he was their guardian and he executed them in cold blood. We know that from his admission. <clears throat> One of the most monstrous, craven, cowardly acts that will ever be our misfortune to see. To make things even more disturbing, Judge, this was no haphazard act. Again, by his own admission, he planned the happened on a whim. He's confessed to what I believe is the worst crime, at least I hope, that I'll see in my lifetime. I hope it's the worst fact pattern that ever comes before this court. Judge, it's important for the court to know and Monroe Township Fire and EMS and other first responders bravely respond to the scene where they don't know what's going on. They did not know what they're facing and they come into a a scene that no one can ever be prepared for. No law enforcement training, no training of any kind prepares you for this. It's easy to forget that these are men and women with families, children, feelings, emotions. They're not some automaton performing a delegated function. They're people, and they're old children. They held these boys in their arms, knowing, knowing there was nothing they could do to save them. How long do those scars last? 
the day that you wake up from that and did he have access to a weapon? Yes, obviously he did. The weight of the evidence against the defendant at this point, Judge, we stand here with a full admission of the defendant. That also goes to the confirmation of the defendant's identity and witnesses on scene did see at least part of what happened. Next, the court is to consider the likelihood this person would return the court if a bond were issued. Again, this is the most heinous crime with the most severe penalty under the law that we presented to the grand jury. That alone would be a, a major factor in discouraging a person from availing themselves to this court or any other. And the thought to flee and the likelihood of flight is great in the state's opinion. The danger he poses to the community is a factor that this court can consider. And I think with the facts in front of you, Judge, we can't name a person that poses a greater threat to the community. As his prior record goes, Judge, it is fairly minimal. He was charged with domestic violence in 2010. <clears throat> he is not, to my knowledge, on probation community control. Judge, the facts of this case are hopefully like no other we will ever see. When this case gets indicted in the Court of Common Pleas, I am certain that a no-bond hearing will be held, and I would hope that would be granted. But at this point, at this juncture, we're going to ask this court to issue a bond we've never asked for before. I'm going to ask for a bond of $20 million. I hope I never need to request such a bond again. Thank you. Uh, date for preliminary hearing? The date for the preliminary hearing, Judge, is 6-26. The preliminary hearing will be set for June 26th at 1 p.m. At this point in time, bond's going to be set in the amount of $20 million cash or surety. Anything else at this time, Mr. Gast? No, Judge. Mr. Gast. Mr. Gast, anything further? Nothing at this time. All right. Thank you.